Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Jeannie Spiro. I'm so excited today for this interview and conversation with a dear friend, former client, and I'm a client of hers, Bryna Haynes. Love to let you know all about her. So I'm going to start with a little introduction. Bryna is a nationally known coach, speaker, editor, writer, and facilitator. Her mission is to help the new generation of thought leaders evolve, expand, and leverage their big ideas so they can live into their biggest visions, create radical impact, and change the world. Uh, you can follow her at brinahaines.com. And again, all the links are go- going to be below in the notes today. We're going to have a real conversation about a few different topics today, how we've known each other, what we're doing in the world, what our work is about, how we're handling life as midlife women. But she specializes in helping thought leaders synthesize their accumulated knowledge and expertise into impact-producing signature systems, books, and events. And it's been a little bit of a journey for you, I would say, to be where you are today. Is that oh, is that God. true, Raina? <laughs> That's the understatement of the year. Uh, <laughs> and yes, we're only in January, but still, um, yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey. And you've been along for this ride with me for a long time, so you've gotten to bear witness to it. And. Um, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be here. Thank you for the work that you do. You were my first ever business coach and know changed that. my life as a result. Yes, you were. And um, and I just, I love that um, we get to kind of come full circle and be here and, and be speaking in this way at this time. And just thank you for the work that you do. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, thank you. I mean, we're going to be crossing layers here in a few different ways, but I, I have to say that when we first met, one of the things that was really amazing was I had held an event, which, you know... <laughs> In the old days, certainly that's what I was doing, right? And holding a live event. And you came to the event because a mutual friend of ours invited you and you came. And I remember thinking, well, who's this awesome woman? She's really cool. And you were sort of a little standoffish, I think, in the sense like you were a little, you kind of were a little bit, if I remember, you kind of were a little bit in the background a little bit, and then you... Then I also saw you kind of moving your seat a few times and sort of moving up in the room. And I remember you taking the mic and sort of getting, observing you and hearing you. And, and then you joined my coaching program at the time and masterminded the program. And if it's okay, you, you had said to me what was going to happen in your life, right? Could you talk about that for a second? What was happening in your life at that time? And where were you in your business at that moment when you made this decision? What again, I didn't know I was your first coach. So business coach this way. So tell yeah, me what tell everybody you about were. that. So so here I am at this event. I only know one person. That's our mutual friend Laura Clark, who invited mm-hmm. me. Um, I had never worked with a coach before. And I'm like, oh, this genie lady seems cool. I'm gonna go to this event. <laughs> I think I was actually supposed to be at a different event in the Midwest at the time. And I don't remember why I had to cancel, but I did. Oh my God. Um, and, uh, and so I came in and at that time I had been um, working as an editor, book coach, ghostwriter, very much in a freelancer style mm-hmm. for, I think about 10 years at that point. And um and I, you know, I, I came in and I'm like, I don't really know if this applies to me. You know, I have this, this totally like different style of business that I'm doing, but you know, I'm going to get something out of this anyway. And I did. And, um, and by day two, I distinctly remember not giving you a choice as to whether I would be your client. I handed you a check and said, I'm doing this. Yes. Is that okay with you? <laughs> yes, yes, um, you did. <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, and that that was a big deal because um, before before that um, the evening before I went out to dinner with my husband and I said you know I, I really want to invest this money and hire Jeannie as my coach and are you okay with this you know can I invest I don't remember what it was at the time ten thousand dollars if I if I'm committed to to making a hundred thousand. Like this is my 10X moment. And of course, Matthew being the amazing, loving, supportive soul who goes along with all of my antics, both good and bad, um, <laughs> said, of course. And he had to write me the check from his business account because I didn't have it at the time um, because I was flying by the seat of my pants as a freelancer. And so it was really, it was an amazing moment um, for me getting serious about the business that I'd been tinkering around in for several years. And I, I was well known even at that time and respected in my field. And, and I was the, um, you know, the, the chief editor for a boutique publishing house and, you know, all of these things, but I was treating my business as a gig and not as a business. And, um, and so here I am like ready to get serious, and at the same time, as I told you at that event, I was three months pregnant with my second daughter, wasn't telling anyone yet. Um, and so, yeah, it's funny that you say that I was, I had a little bit of a standoffish energy. I definitely did. Mm -hmm. I definitely did. I was terrified of being seen. I was creating this business model that had me totally in the background, totally under the radar. And I was like, I was in this kind of stage manager role for my clients who were all amazing people doing amazing things in the world. And uh, I wasn't ready to step out into myself quite yet. But I think that that journey really started at that point, because here I am taking myself seriously, my business seriously, um, my ideas seriously. And uh you know, and, and at the same time, you know, fighting it tooth and nail. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. And that's one of the things I love about you is that sometimes it's like, I'm fighting my way through this and, and everybody knows that I'm doing it and me too, but I'm getting there. And I love that because you are very transparent that way. And I also remember a couple of other things that happened to you during that year. Um, you did go on maternity leave you did make six figures in your business in that year. If I remember correctly, it was yes, I did. Yep. year. And you also had a decision, you made a decision that you didn't really want to do business that way. The way that you were doing it, you, you had sort of an, another pivot in your business of, I think I do want to be more present or, um, you know, like it, I'm not going to be in the backseat in my business. I'm going to show up. I'm going to start speaking. I'm going to be on more stages. I'm, um, I'm going to evolve into something else. I'm going to have events. Like there were things that I, that happened to you in that journey in that year and a little bit beyond it too, that you gave yourself the space to evolve as a person and a business owner who was also going through all these other things personally in your life. It was a beautiful thing to watch, Bryna. I have to tell you, because I, at times I was like, wow, this is a rough one. I can feel it for you. But you really, you evolved into something and and a business and a place in your life that it might've been rough in a, a, a few times, but I love where you are right now, which I can't wait for you to tell everyone about. Um, business model-wise, life-wise, what you're doing, your journey. It's really exciting to have you here because you're going to talk all about it, right? Um, Thank so, you. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it, it was interesting because I had to completely, like after that, after that year, yes, maternity leave still cracked six figures in my business, which was a first for me. And, uh, and then I went and tossed it all out the window yes. <laughs> because, because um, I... I don't want to say I'm addicted to change and evolution, but I'm not afraid of it. And when I decide to go for something, I go all in. And my quest at that time was to really, to, to stop hiding, to stop hiding in my personal life, to stop hiding in my business life, to stop hiding in my financial life. 
And the result of that was that I completely scrapped my, my writing business um, and decided to create um, this new business, which I called Choose Your Evolution. And I created events and teaching systems within that that were sort of the culmination of everything I had learned on my personal growth journey. And it was wonderful. And all kinds of things started expanding. Um, and that was an amazing journey all the way through 2020, the biggest cosmic bitch slap of a year that ever was. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay if I swear, I'm sorry. Please I'm feel now. free. Go right in. <laughs> um, and, uh, and all of a sudden I have this business that's now based around events and retreats mm -hmm. and it's March of 2020. So, um, so I, I, I loved that journey. And I remember when I committed to do my first event, I think it was June of 2018. And we were in, um, in, in person session and mastermind with you. And I'm like, I think I'm going to do an event. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember just, the moment. And, um, and I think it's, it's pretty cool when something moves through you at that scale and you have the support around you to actually run with it. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I did because I, I, I loved what that creation was. I, I loved the way that it moved through others and created necessary and really incredible evolutions for them. Um, and I shouldn't say that it created it for them, but they were able to use what I was creating to leverage their own evolution. And, um, and it was, it was perfect. And then all of a sudden it's 2020 and then it wasn't. Um, and so it's been, it's been a crazy year because in order to step into the fullest expression of who I am, I had to leave what I was doing at that time. I had to leave my sort of freelancer stage manager role and become the face of my business and own my ideas in a way that I never had before. But what I realized in 2020, as everything came crashing down and I was like, okay, I have to rebuild right now from scratch. Um, what I realized is that I had left behind an entire part of myself when I ixnade that writing business, when I, when I stepped away from the book world. And I had finally welcomed in the intuitive, own the stage, you know, um, walk the walk part of myself, but I left behind all of my gifts around strategy and big picture um, vision development and idea synthesis and all the things that made me a really good book coach and editor. I wasn't using those at all. Um, and I realized that the business that I had built around coaching, teaching events and retreats had run its course because it was meant in addition to the way that it helped other people, it was meant to bring me out of my hiding place. Yeah. And now that I was out, it was time to pull back in all of those parts of myself that I had literally left by the side of the road in pursuit of this new thing. Yeah. So that was really humbling because I had these moments where I'm like, wow, I built a business just to gratify my own freaking ego. Are you kidding me? Did I really do that? Um, and the answer, of course, is yes and no. It was, it was exactly what I needed to do. It was definitely in service. Um, but to continue it would have been to, um, to follow that path of ego. And I was getting sucked into that as, as I stepped into being a speaker and a thought leader and a, and a teacher in a more public way, it was like, oh, well, I can't do that until I have 30,000 followers. And, oh, you know, it was, it was becoming this very, um, challenging narrative, bringing me right back around to that place of I'm not enough. Yeah. And so, um, so the whole structure of my business, um, when, you know, when things went belly up in early 2020, the whole structure of my business that I thought I was building and that I, that I was building with great success, just all of a sudden collapsed. And I realized that, um, that what, what I thought I was building wasn't really what I was building. 
It was, it was a monument to my own ideas and I wasn't aligned with transitioning it into a fully virtual space. The transformation I w- I wanted to create was really in person. So I'm like, okay, so not only did I ditch half of myself by the side of the road, I also am not willing to take this into a virtual space and do what needs to be done to make it successful. So I moped for six months <laughs> because that's what you do when, you're, when your whole business falls apart. Um, yeah. I moped for six months and I, and I just let it be. And I'm so glad that I had the grace to do that because I had ongoing clients and my business was, was uh, sustaining and I didn't have to be in push, push, push mode all the time. And so, um, so it was, it was, a, it was a long summer. <laughs> It's a very long summer. And by the end of it, I had come to this realization that I couldn't just build something with half of myself. I had found and reclaimed the half that I was looking for, but now I had to go back and pull in all of the other gifts and talents that I had let go in pursuit of this evolution. And, uh, and that's what really the last two months of 2020 were about, we're, we're bringing it all back together and finally feeling like I'm approaching this new phase from a place of, of wholeness and not a place of trying to, um, trying to outrun something or trying to, uh, outcreate something it's, it's like, this is all of me. And now I get to bring all of me to the table in my business and do it in a way that is in service and not have service feel like downstairs at Downton Abbey, you know, (laughs) and, and it's, and it's a funny thing because we always talk as, as entrepreneurs, as coaches, as transformational leaders, we always talk about service And we always talk about it in this light of being the highest and best application of our gifts. But when we're not bringing all of ourselves to the table, it feels like you're pulling a ton of bricks behind you. And then it just, it's not a, it's not a good feeling and it's not sustainable. And so I feel like it's, it's been such a gift to be able to see that all of me belongs here and all of me can be brought to the table and all of me can move forward and not have it feel like like I'm like I'm sacrificing or draining or um or fighting for any of it. Prima, I love everything about what you've just said and and so much of it I recognize, appreciate and I've been through. And I think for everyone who's listening, one of the big takeaways that I'm really getting is that It's sometimes so hard when you want something so badly to be patient and to try to work through it and to recognize that maybe there's a gift in something not working out, right? And we all want everything to work out. We want it to be perfect. We want it to be like, you know, we want, we want 2020, we want 2019 back again, right? And a lot of us are like, oh, why? Why are we having, what? It's, it's early 2021. Why are we still having 2020 vibes, right? And yet part of what's beautiful about what we get to do in as transformational people, right? Who provide work in the transformation field, especially in coaching and the work that we do is sometimes we actually have to go through it first, whether we want to or not, we have to go through it first. And then we have to say, question the lessons, accept the lessons, work with the lessons. And on the other side of it, we're like, okay, we're making it through. And so now things are a little bit clearer and brighter. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about your business, but I just want to recognize that because there's so many of us that are so ready. We want to push through it as fast as we can. We don't want to feel any pain with it. And I'm going to be really, hey, I'm all over the port on this one, but I had one, I I have two children and I've had two births. The first one that I had, I had an epidural. I felt nothing. I felt nothing afterward. Um... 
I don't, I didn't even know that there was anything called afterbirth pains. The second child I went in, I, there was no time for an epidural and they gave me a paper bag to breathe into, to help me with my hyperventilating at the time. I felt everything and I felt every afterbirth pain. And what I re I remember it like clear as day. I don't remember Ethan's birth nearly as well. So what I'm, what I'm saying is it was painful in the moment. And on the other side, I had this amazing daughter and I have this amazing gift in my life of this, of this person. And that's what I think is sometimes so hard for us, right? We just want to work right through it and maybe even numb through it in some cases. And yet the gift is sometimes being in the crap in order to get to the other side. <laughs> Would you say that's true? Oh God. Yes, absolutely. And having had two natural births myself. Yes, yes. And yes. Um, I remember my, my amazing husband was with me every second of both, but my first birth, my daughter, Anya, I was in labor for 26 hours. Mm. And for 24 of those, my contractions were two minutes apart and incredibly intense. And, um, and I remember at one point, um, he said to me, like, as he's like doing all the things that our birth coach taught him and holding my low back and like moving with me in the contractions and being awesome. He's like, you were made to do this. Like you can do this. This is what you were created for. Like your body was created to do this. You were created to do this. You've got this. Mm. And here I am like practically passing out because you know, I'm like falling asleep between contractions and I'm like, okay, honey. Okay. <laughs> like whatever. But it's stuck with me and I'm, I totally respect any and all birth experiences that any and all mothers have, because they're all, you know, exactly perfect as they needed to be. But one of the gifts for me of the natural birthing process was that at some point at about, I don't know, just before transition, I felt my daughter move and position herself inside me and brace her little wee feet on my ribs and actually push herself into the birth canal. It was <laughs> mind blowing. <laughs> and so I think when we're tempted to, um, to, to not pay attention in the pain, right? We lose those gifts of seeing the universe or God or spirit or whatever you call it, move in us and through us to help us create what's coming. Mm -hmm. We miss those cues. And so this summer for me, it was the most challenging time I've had with my mental health since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. There's a, a, a big, long, uh, very um, painful history of mental health issues on both sides of my family. And I, I knew when I was a teenager that if I didn't get a handle on my thought pretty soon, mm -hmm. I was going to end up in, in deep trouble. And luckily I was able to find the resources and the people and the support to, to do that and not necessarily prevent depression, but know how to, to deal with it when it came and also how to keep my mind from spiraling into it, like kind of at the outset, I felt really lucky that I was able to, to create that for myself. Um, and this summer was the closest I've ever come to sliding back into that darkness mm. that I experienced as a teenager and an, and an early 20 something that, that pit that just is like, nothing is right. Everything sucks. I have no energy or motivation. Why am I even here? You know, all of those questions that come to us when we're in those dark places and this time, unlike back then, I felt like I actually had the tools to be present with that yeah. and say, what am, what am I actually supposed to see here? And we're doing this at a collective level. We're in so much pain because there are things that we have refused to see. And if we can't lean into that, if we're numbing that, if we're running away from it, if we're trying to escape it, if we're trying to put it off, if we're trying to rush through it, we are going to miss the gifts of source moving through us in order to create something better. Yeah. 
I, I think, you know, there's a difference between being in crisis. So if anyone is listening to this right now and they're in a state of crisis, then, you know, don't listen any further, go and, you know, get the support that you need. But we're talking not about that. We're talking about some of the things that we go through um, as people and business owners. And another element to this is that we are women who have all these other things happening in our lives, right? We don't just have a business. We don't just have a family. We don't just have, you know, a partner, right? We're not part of, we're not only part of, you know, the business growth, we're, we're humans, right? We're whole people here. And so we have these moments where things are going really, really well, and things are not like we're in sync and we're not in sync. And what we, we at the midlife, midlife stage of, of, of where we are, we are still sort of figuring out our own rhythm to what works for us. And it's okay. Um, And it's okay to evolve and it's okay to figure out what works for us. And it's okay to pivot when we need to. And sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable when that happens. And what I, what I really respect about you and what I'm thrilled about that we're going to talk about in a moment is that you're helping people who've been through all sorts of things and learned many different things and are doing it in their business. And sometimes they're clear about what it is that they're bringing. And sometimes they're not, and they can't quite find the words to be able to bring this together and put it in a way that's going to support others and your gifts and what you've learned and and everything, I think now you're coming back to a place of supporting others that help them be able to figure out how to support others in a way where it's also going to be in book format. Is that correct? That's right. So, so, so tell the, us more. The 2020 saga, as I like to refer to it, because I'm an epic fantasy girl, and you know, if my life needs to be anything, it's a saga. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, the 2020 saga really brought me back to the place of okay. So, if what I thought I was going to do is not working. And I'm in all this pain and I'm realizing that I've, you know, that I'm not even still, even after all of this, even after all this transformation, I'm still not bringing all of me to the table. I kind of had to throw up my hands and be like, all right, I've got to get okay with just being. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge gift of this year is that for the first time in my adult life, I wasn't chasing something. I was like, I'm going to sit and stew in this, this pile of poop until I actually get information that feels aligned to get me out of it. And, um, and so I had all of those realizations, um, in that space and by being in that, I was able to create something that felt really aligned and that has blown me away with the way that it's been received in the world. So, yeah. um, so what I've what I've decided to do is is kind Wait, of marry. Oh. One second, it was like a thunderbolt for you. It was like uh, that's how it felt on this side. And so, could you just exp- explain that that for a second before you say what you're going to do? Because it was almost like, oh, there it is. It's there. It's here. Boom. Um, was that kind a of? Again? Okay. I'm kind just curious. Okay. It was a little bit more like I had been getting like a little tickle in my ear and a okay. little tickle in my ear. And I was like, no, like a toddler, like my three-year-old, okay. like, no, no, no. I don't want to go back to, I don't want to go back to the book world. I left that behind. That's not who I am anymore. I was like fighting it. I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. And then I had a session with our mutual friend, the amazing Candy Haza. And she's like, honey, don't shoot the messenger. But all I see around you is books. And I was like, screw you and your books. And I had another toddler meltdown. (laughs) Thankfully, I am blessed with friends who can hold space for me as I act and rant like a two-year-old because sometimes that's what you got to do. So I sat with that. I was upset. I cried. It was awful because what I realized was that I felt like I was being asked to go back to being the person I was when I had that freelance business Yeah, to right. go back into hiding, to go back into obscurity, to go back into a realm where I didn't have 
space or freedom to express who I was and what my ideas were, or to be a leader, which is, you know, something that is part of who I am. Yeah. And I felt like the universe was asking me to go back to that. It had nothing to do with the nature of the work. It had nothing to do with books. It had nothing to do with my clients in that space who were all awesome and who I still are, you know, have amazing relationships with to this day. Had nothing to do with any of that. I felt like I was being asked to go back to being a version of me who I thought was dead. And that was painful until I realized that it was also bullshit. Like it was like, no, the universe would never ask me, ask that of me. And that is a choice that I can make. That is something that I have complete control over. And if I don't like it, I can outcreate it. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. fact of the matter is that my highest and best service has always been given at this intersection of intuition and strategy. Mm-hmm. And that is a place where I can help the people who are emerging as thought leaders in the world, who are needed to change the world, to do their best work. And that feels amazing and impactful and beautiful. Um, Perfect. But I have to be this new version of me in order to do that authentically and without the level of struggle and resistance that I always felt previously. Great. So it's it's a big job. But once I finally clicked into that, of course, Jeannie, you were one of the first people I called like, hey, <laughs> hey, guess what? Guess what? Um, I was and, you know, and it was like instantaneous alignment. Yeah. And it's like it's a confirmation from the universe that I've never felt or received anything like before. It was like, OK. So now you've gathered all of these parts of you that were scattered all over the place and not cohesive. And now they're coming Mm -hmm. together. And it was like, all of a sudden I stepped into one of those, like, like the religious paintings with the light streaming out of the sky, like, Oh, you know, Um, (laughs) it was like that. And, um, and, and all of a sudden, all the things that I had been asking for all along just showed up like magic. Good. I know no effort. And And what should happen? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and part of me was like, yeah, about freaking time, universe, thanks. Um, And part of me is still in awe about how how incredible that alignment feels, but also kind of a little bit in awe of myself and really grateful to the process that I was willing to undergo because it was one of the hard, this was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. It's such a test of wills and to get through it and to be on the other side and to say, okay, I'm ready now. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. I have the energy to do it. You know, there's a lot like, you know, let's face it. The year has been (laughs) it's tested us in every which way. And then to also go through a transformation, a pivot to figure out what you're doing and then to come out on the other side of it and say, okay, I think I figured this out. Oh yes, I have figured it out. And now I'm going to build my business in a different way. And I'm going to start doing this work. There's energy that comes into that too, but it's also like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in my fifties. And so I'm at a stage where I'm like, I don't want to work as hard. Right. And so I want to be at a stage stage and place. And I'm teaching others to do the same thing of doing things in a way that really work for us. Right. And not having to stress so hard in our marketing, not have to work so hard and do these things that, you know, people are telling us this kind of like this, I feel like it's a very masculine approach to marketing and sales and all of that. And what you're entering into, and you can talk more about it in a second, I think, but is this very feminine business model that you have in a way that you're you're supporting people and the and the marketing approach to it. And I'm seeing it evolve in such a beautiful way that um, it's serving you and it's serving the people. And it's just, it's it, it's exciting to watch because it's like you get to reinvent something for yourself that isn't like, here's the rule book and follow this. Cause I, I think that's not how you always love working. And 
right? And you're getting to do this in a way that really is working for you. So I would like to pivot though and say, and have you really explain what it is that you're doing now, exactly how this work is supportive to a lot of the women who are listening are midlife. They're doing coaching work. They're transformational leaders. They're thought leaders. And they, they're here. They're here for this mission. So I want you to pivot into that to talk more about exactly what you're doing and where they can get started with this process. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, um, so the, the new iteration of my work is called the author revolution. And it's a combination of my previous work as a book coach, editor, ghostwriter, and the transformational work I was doing through choose your evolution. So I, I really, um, love to work with people who are established in their thought leadership to the point where they know what they're teaching. They know um, the change that they want to bring about in the world, even if they don't know exactly how. And they're ready to really bring all of who they are and all their accumulated knowledge to the table in the form of a thought leadership platform and system. So when I partner with someone to create a book, we're not just creating a book. Like I don't do lead gen books. I don't do, you know, 140 page sales pitches. That stuff pisses me off. This is really about like, this book is still going to be the seminal platform for your thought leadership, even in a decade. It's the and, book that changes lives. And we say this, and I just want to distinguish this for a second, because a lot of people do teach the lead generation process, right? And and really just so our listeners know, the lead generation process is you're writing a book typically, and it's um, to specifically to generate leads. It's specifically to bring people into your business and to not necessarily to write a book. This is going to be a little bit different. So I want you to just distinguish the difference for a second so people understand. Absolutely. This. And there's, I want to also say that there's absolutely nothing wrong with right. writing a book for lead gen. Right. Um, that's just not the kind of books I do. So, yeah. um, so when you are, um, when you're writing something that you mean to be a gift to the world and a full encapsulation of your work and your thought leadership platform. Um, think about the books that changed your life, right? So many people talk about, you know, you can heal your life by Louise Hay or uh, Marianne Williamson's books or, um, you know, any books in the thought leadership space that, that you know have like rocked your world and changed your life. Perfect. If that's the kind of book you want to write, then that's that's who I want to work with. That's the work that I do because it's it's really to me a book is a different animal. They've been I I mean this is an opinion that may not be popular, but I think the the books the book um, expression has been co opted for lead gen, and I think in the end. Um, there is a level of credibility that can be gained by writing a book that is focused on impacting readers that cannot necessarily uh, be gained when you're writing simply for lead gen and sales. Like there's mm -hmm. a gift to the world that comes in the form of your book. And, um, and if you look at, again, the books that have changed your life, they were an invitation to engage with yourself during the reading process in a way that you never have before. And so, again, there's nothing wrong with writing, you know, an ebook or doing a lead gen book if that's working for you. But to me, when I pick up a book, I'm treating it as a doorway to transformation. And if it doesn't deliver that, then I actually feel like the author loses credibility in my mind instead of gaining it. I agree. In my opinion, it's not popular, but that's the way I feel. And, you know, and con contrast that for a second to, you know, when we sometimes pick up a book for pleasure, right? And, you know, so for me, I look at when I'm going to invest the time and energy into sitting down and relaxing and picking up a book, I want to read something that's going to give me something back too. And so I, I, everyone kept telling me, you've got to read the book where the crawdad's saying, and I was like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I finally sat down. It still sits with me today. I remember it. I loved it. I'd read it again. 
And I think that that's a, that's a little bit different than doing this to generate a lead, right? <laughs> right. Like what you're talking about. I, I had an experience in it and I, I, I feel like that's what we're doing with this. We're taking something away from it, a thought, a concept, and we're possibly as, as the person who might be writing this, right. We're, we're giving them a, a, a little bit more than the thoughts though. Right. So let's talk a little bit more. What, what else happens in this process? That's a little bit different than what we compare to other books. Absolutely. So, um, so once someone is committed to writing a book that is um, an encapsulation of their thought leadership and really mirrors and parallels the transformational model, whatever that is that they use or intend to use with their clients, um, the process really becomes about integrating all of the person into the book. And we do that with, with stories. We do that with, um, with coaching and exercises, but so much of us as authors gets revealed in the writing process Mm -hmm. that writing a book that is intended to transform other people's lives will inevitably transform your life as well, because you're going to get to know yourself and your genius in a way that you never have before. And this is true, whether you've written 10 books or none at all to, to date, it's, it's always true in this process. And I think that part of Um, of writing a book that goes that deep is your willingness to engage with your own genius and your own thought leadership. Well, and so this is, this is a really good thing for us because, you know, many of the women that are listening and I, I assume mostly they're women listeners, you know, we've reached a certain stage and phase of our life. We're typically over 40 We're you know, we might've had careers already and we're changing careers like, which was what I did. Um, and I, similar to what you were talking about before, when I first started my own coaching business, I was like, yep, I'm leaving everything about being in the health insurance field behind good buy, good riddance, goodbye. I don't need any of you. And so I had this whole thought in, I'm not going to take that with me and I'm going to be a health coach. And then I morphed that into a life coach. And then I started seeing some of the things that I was, I needed, I I wanted to actually pull in from my, my past career. And I was like, Oh, but I don't want to just pull in those pieces. I actually want to pull in those skills that I acquired along the way or things that I'm really good at. And I think what you're really doing here or getting at here is we get to be able to pull our expertise in, we get to bring our thoughts in, we get to provide a transformation in this. And you mentioned that you, you know, that sometimes we aren't quite sure what to pull in and you really want to help women find their expertise and, and, you know, what's possible with that in blending their expertise with these thoughts and leadership and in doing this, this process with you, what is, can you talk more about that? Absolutely. So the outcome of a process like this is first of all, um, at either an expansion of your current platform or a whole new platform for your Mm -hmm. teaching and leadership. So, um, and I want to say that I do work with primarily with women, but I don't work exclusively with women. Mm-hmm. I do I do work with a few men. Um, and uh, one of my most recent clients, he is reimagining intentional leadership in the corporate world, and uh, his book is is due out later this year. And um, and what we did in his process, I think, was a perfect example of this because he had you know, 30 years of accumulated knowledge of being a CEO and being a leader of people and all of this. And what we did was create a platform to bring all of that together in a way that's never been done before. And it was so amazing to actually watch him present that at an event in September Based on the work that we had done, now this is his platform, not just for his book, but also for workshops and keynotes and retreats and and all the things. And um, it was a super exciting moment because it was like, wow, I get to now watch him be all of him and own that space in a way that he was already doing, but not quite to this extent. 
Yeah. And, and to take it public in a way that he hadn't done before. And that's the most exciting thing to me is that our impact is magnified when we're willing to be all of who we are. And sometimes we need a structure and, and a, a physical way to create something to catalyze that. And a book is just one way to do that. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, I personally have seen for myself some books that I will pick up in the business space in particular, and I'll say, this was substantial. This was, this helped me rethink things and shift thoughts. And, and I'm a little bit more connected to the reader and I might become a buyer. Sometimes I have, uh, in other cases, I picked up things and I've said, this is a complete turnoff and I'm not, I don't necessarily think I will work with them or I didn't gain anything from that. And so I, I guess this is what we can consider is an opportunity for us, right? It's an opportunity for us as business owners to be able to share our thoughts and our experience and be able to use this as a tool in our business in a variety of ways. And it's also an opportunity to be able to, to really work with more people and to get our messages and our thoughts to more people in a different platform, as opposed to standing on a stage and speaking or hosting an event or being on a podcast like we're doing today, you're, you're putting this into a different vehicle. So can you talk, Raina, about what happens when you're working with clients? You're, uh, can you talk a, a, a little bit through this? Uh, those probably are fascinated with the process and are maybe even thinking about, well, where would I start or how would I get started working with you if this is something I'm considering doing? What would you have to say to that? Oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, my, um, my highest alignment is working with people who are very clear about the change that they want to be in the world. And they're looking to, uh, either again, expand their current platform or create a new one based on the learning that they've done. Um, and so, to me, the process always goes from, from concept and, and strategy, because there always is strategy, um, even though this isn't, quote unquote, a lead gen book. Um, it's exactly what you said. You know, when you put all of who you are into a book, your tribe is going to be like, hell yes. And your not tribe is going to be like, hell no. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it sort of does the work for you. Like you've, you've just become the authority in someone's eyes for exactly what they need from you and exactly the fullness of what you have to give. So there is a strategy to that. So we, we start with that and then we, uh, we create a really comprehensive outline because structure is important important to create depth in creativity. Um, and then the writing process is done in tandem. So I, I take on a limited number of clients because I work directly with all my clients to create their first drafts. Like I'm not going to like hand you an outline and set you free into the wild. Like that's not, <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't always work. Sometimes it does, but not always. Um, and then I also have, once, once the draft is done, I have a process to, um, to help my authors refine their work and then take the publishing route of their choice, whether that's traditional publishing, or self-publishing or working with a boutique publisher, I, I do, I, I can manage that process no matter what. Um, in the future, I am also looking into becoming, um, becoming a publisher, becoming a micro publisher, and I'm exploring options for that right now. But, uh, but right now, um, I'm taking books through publication and then also helping to set up resources and support for marketing books long-term. So marketing is not something I manage after publication, but I have amazing resources to help my authors take that to the next level with themselves or their teams. Um, So it's it's the magic that happens in that first draft process that is the most transformative. And so we spend a lot of time there, but when the process is over, which usually takes about 12 to 15 months, depending on the author's writing speed, um, what they end up with is a book that is, is transformational for everyone who reads it. And that will continue to be an asset in their thought leadership journey, you know, for, for forever, you know, it's not something that's going to expire. It's not something that's going to, that's going to be, um, that's going to age out. It's really something that is, is timeless and an encapsulation of all of their accumulated knowledge. 
And I'm happy to say that I'm working with you on this and process. I'm so happy that you my are. Own I'm so excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I am. I am. And because I, I think this is what it comes back to for me. Um, and what you've said a couple of times is, you know, we bring so much to it. And many of us bring, um, you know, we bring some history, we bring skills, we bring this expertise. And um, and some of us are, you know, sort of working it out, right? We're in the, the phase and stage of uh, starting our businesses and emerging. And, you know, we, what I talk a lot about, uh, it, you know, is growing your business and marketing and sales and, and all of that sort of thing. But this is this is for the people who have are a little bit further along, and so some uh, some of you who are listening today, you might be sitting in the space where you're still in the process of discovering what you're doing and what you're growing, and it's very important for you to get a client, and it's very important for you to learn how to sell better and market better and figure out your process and your system and your offers. Uh, to those people, I would say. This process that we're talking about is probably not where you need to focus at this moment if making money in particular is the most important thing for you. Uh, I, I would, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bryna, but I would probably say that they need to sort of take a step back and work on some of the things that I've already talked about, right? And then for those that have already moved a little further along, they're already at that point, they're already a little established, they've already got these thoughts, they've already got some, you know, they've got the momentum there. You really do want to talk to Bryna. And I really think that learning her process, understanding how she works, how she's different, um, I think would be one of the best things that you can possibly do if you're listening today. Um, so, so Bryna, how can everybody... Um, get started working with you, learn more about working with you. What do you have for them to get started? Absolutely. So um, I am in beta with this program right now with the Author Revolution program. So um, my, my websites are still under construction, but if you go to theauthorrevolution.com or just go to brinahaines.com, um, there are links there to just book a call with me. And that would be um, the best thing that you can do because then we can talk about what this process would really mean to you individually and you know whether or not it's the right fit for you at this point. And I, I do want to say to all of those people who are just starting out, who are, you're refining your ideas, you're getting to know the impact that you want to have in the world. Right now is a great time to write, like write for yourself, write about your ideas, blog, put social media posts up, write as much as you can, because that engagement is going to get you deeper in touch with your ideas. And, um, and that will also lay the groundwork for you to feel comfortable expressing at the next level when you're ready to write a book. Excellent. I love that because a lot of people keep wondering, well, where do I start and how do I eventually get to that place? And I think this is, um, that's incredibly great advice because I think the better you get at writing, you know, the easier it is to, uh, to wrap your thoughts uh, and, and put them together. I had no idea how much writing was entailed in this work as a business coach and an online business owner. I had absolutely no idea. And I did not lean into this at all. And yet for the first, I would say, eight and a half to nine years in business, I wrote a blog post every day. I wrote a weekly newsletter every day. I produced content every day. And I'm not a really strong writer. Um, I'm a much better speaker than I am a writer. So, however, I will say that one of the things that's really kind of nice about this is I could go back to some of the things that I wrote and say, wow, those were pretty good ideas, or those are pretty good stories that I've had. And I have years of content to go back into that might jar something that could spark a thought, an idea, a part of a thought that needs to be in this. So I'm really happy I've done the, a lot of the work the first few years uh, to get to this point. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's also worth saying that writing is not the natural medium for many, many people. Mm -hmm. And that at my highest level programs where I'm working essentially as a ghostwriter, I'll work from anything, talk at me, send me transcripts, like whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really about what's comfortable for you and how you want to engage with the process. But the, the act of writing or 
engaging with your own content is transformational. Like who cares what everybody else thinks of it? It's transformational for you and your relationship to your ideas. And if you look back, Jeannie, I'm sure that you see how your relationship to your ideas has evolved and how magical that evolution has been and how much you've learned in the process. Oh, I can't even tell you how much I've learned about myself. I've learned about my clients. I've learned about my ideal clients, how I feel like I've become a better, I feel like I've just become a better coach overall, just because I'm getting better at expressing everything. Um, and, and I also am seeing where I fit in, you know, competitor wise and, you know, and I don't really actually believe in competitors that much. So, you know, but where someone can say to me or say, I, you, what you've written has really resonated with, with me. And, and I just want to add this last piece to it is, you know, I write a week, almost a weekly newsletter. I, and the newsletter that I used to write was template form. And it was in this beautiful, like, you know, like the graphics and all these kinds of things. And one of the things that I let go of was having to teach how-to content all the time. And, and I'm teaching something that someone's supposed to learn all the time. And I realized that some of the things that were, that get the best response, that get the most engagement, that get people to say, I really want to work with you are when I actually share vulnerable, vulnerable moments, insights, snippets of things and stories that have happened to me. And they, my readers write back to me to say, you don't know how that little thing that you said today helped me. And I think, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing here. I'm actually making a little bit of a difference in someone's life today, even if they're not investing in working with me. So I love this. I love doing it now. And I can't wait to see what this book turns into. Who knows? We're, we're in the beginning of this process, Bryna. So when people listen in the future, well, there'll be a book out there for them to pick up. So um, it's, it's exciting. Um, one last question before we wrap. Sure. What would you say to women who are in the midlife stage of their business as far as taking care of themselves, like they're 40 and above, they're growing a business, they might have a family or other people that they're caring for. What would you say is the one self-care thing that you think you like you've adopted and you sort of lean into that helps you operate at your highest level? Oh my goodness. That is a great question. So I want to preface this by saying that, um, balance and self-care are not my fortes. I'm like, you know, all in, all in, all in. Oh my God, I'm exhausted. I need to take a week off and rest. Um, I, I, I'm very cyclical that way and I don't have a structured self-care routine, but what I would say the best possible self-care that I have learned to give myself and that I think is really important, doesn't really fall under that header of self-care. It's if you are uncomfortable, lean into it and don't ignore it. If it's your body that's uncomfortable, lean into it. If it's your heart that's uncomfortable, lean into it. If you're uncomfortable with things that are, you know, you're saying and doing in your business, lean into it. Don't ignore it. Because once you unravel that, there's a gift in there and everything gets easier when you don't have to worry about all the bricks you're dragging up the hill. Yeah. Right. Right. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I am so grateful that we had time together today. I cannot wait for everyone to learn more about Bryna and her work and watch her own evolution through this. This is going to be an incredible journey for you and uh, and the next phase of your own business growth. And watch out, everyone, because she's coming in hot. And I can't wait uh, to really just you know be there, see it, and participate in it as well. So it has been a true honor to have you here today. Um, I just want to remind all of my listeners that if you have not already joined the Facebook group I've created for Midlife CEO, hop on over to geniespyro.com forward slash CEO, and it'll bring you right over to join the Facebook group I created that we, we talk about ways to scale and grow your business at midlife. So come on over and join me. Listen to this video, this uh, audio a few times, uh, get to know Bryna, uh, connect with her and Bryna, any parting words before we wrap? 
Oh, just, I love you. Thank you for being part of my world. Thank you for inviting me to be here today. And thank you to everyone who's listening. I cannot wait to learn more about your journeys and, and how you're changing the world. And, you know, this is, this is how we rise. We all rise together. So thank you. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye all. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.